In this lesson, we are going to look at employees' liability in relation to the law of tort. Employees' liability considers the liability imposed on an employer. For example, uh, let's take ABC Private Limited, who employs John Doe. Certain elements in the workplace, uh, as well as the conduct of the employer, is considered in order to determine what obligations it has, as imposed by law, in relation to its employee, John Doe. Now, in Wilson and English, we see several components being considered to determine what liability must be imposed in relation to an employer. There is a lot of statutory authority in this area as well, and we'll look at them as and when we get to it. But before we proceed, we need to understand that employees' liability is quite strict in essence, because it affords an employee the ability to have a safe place of work, adequate material, uh, competent staff to work with, limited workplace stress, and proper systems in place. Now, in Wilson and English, we see these components outlined. The whole premise of employer's liability revolves around the fact that an employer can delegate responsibilities, but not liability. So we'll look at each component in turn. First of all, there must be a competent staff. And in Waters and Commission of Police of Metropolis, it was stated that an employer must recruit competent staff. They must work by the rules. So if the employer can foresee harm done by one employee to another, then the employer may be liable. Along with the competent staff, an employer is required to provide a proper system of working. Now, what does this mean? Well, in Johnston and Bloomsbury Health Authority, it was stated that if the work involves foreseeable injury, the employer will be liable. As in the systems in place must be proper. They must facilitate a safe environment in order for an employee to work. Now, this all depends on the experiences of the employees as well. So, for instance, in Fraser and Winchester Health Authority, uh, the employee in question was 21 years old. So, the quotient of a duty towards the 21-year-old might be different from that of a person who is more experienced. A proper system of working also involves workplace stress, and an employer is required to reasonably foresee whether the working conditions may cause stress. Now, there are a string of cases which are all provided for in uh, the case summary, so have a look at them, because you'll understand in a chronological order why court granted relief in some cases and imposed liability in others. So in Bishop, Hatton, Barber and Jones, the employer was held liable and in certain instances were not, based on the fact that he or she, as in the employer, the defendant employer, must act reasonably based on the knowledge that he had about the workplace stress. So most of these cases involve the stress of an employee and how far the employer was aware of it, whether it was brought to the attention of the employer or whether the employee even were ought to know that its employees were in fact under stress. And this doesn't simply mean physical uh, stress alone, as in, as in the stress and strain of working. It also extends to injury suffered not just physically, but also psychologically, as in Donacci and the Chief Constable of Greater Manchester. This is a quite interesting case, actually. Have a look at it in the case summaries. Another component in determining if there needs to be liability imposed on an employer is 
whether adequate material was provided to the employee. Now, there are a lot of statutory provisions for this, one of which is Section 1.1 of the Employer Liability Defective Equipment Act of 1969, where it states that if equipment is defective and does not fit the purpose for which it was purchased or is being used, the employer will be liable. Moreover, it's not just important to have the proper equipment, but employees also need to be told and warned on how to use it, when to use it, and whether to use it at all, as in bucks and slough metals. But if the employee rejects the equipment, as in Yorkshire and traction, then the employer may not be liable. The final component that we'll be looking at in relation to employers' liability is whether an employer has provided a safe place of work. As held in Latimer and AEC, there is no need to eliminate every possible risk. A safe place of work means as reasonably possible. Of course, the employee is required to look after themselves. They must be reasonable in their claim, even if there is a purported tort that has been committed. And the standard of care is considered lower if the employee is working in a third party's place, as in Wilson and Tyneside Window Cleaning Company. Here, the claimant, the employee, was actually contracted out to a different premises. So, the defendant employer was liable to a certain degree, but not beyond that. So that was employer's liability. And this is a topic that goes hand in glove with vicarious liability, because both these topics deal with the liability imposed on an employer. In the case of employer's liability, it's between the employer and its employee. But in vicarious liability, it goes a step further and connects a third party who is affected by an employee of the defendant employer. 